Hey beautiful, for the next few weeks we are talking about badass businesswomen. And the powerhouse kicking us off on this discussion is none other than the Donna Mushanga, co-founder of Kamanga Wear. Yes, gal. Hey, I can't wait. You are listening to the Africana Women Podcast. I am your host, Chulu. Every week, I ask an Africana woman to invite us into her home to give us a snapshot into what happens behind her closed doors. I hope you will join me on this journey of discovery, revelation, and self-awareness. I'm not going to lie. It may become uncomfortable sometimes. However, I encourage you to push past your unease and challenge yourself to think differently. The simple act of expanding yourself to receive the unknown may be transformational for you. So why are we talking about badass businesswomen? For some reason, I keep having conversations with people about how they believe that getting a degree and working in offices is the best path for everyone. Someone even said, if his daughter came to him and said, I want to be a hairdresser, he would say, no, darling, no, 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 no. Just focus on your education. Get the degree and then you can do what you want. Hmm? That's what he would tell her. Now, I think that your def- our definition, I don't know if it's yours or ours, but anyway, the definition of education is too narrow. Learning just doesn't happen in classrooms. In fact, I would argue that the most critical learning happens as an apprentice of a master. In other words, go out and actually do the work practically. Focusing on theory is why university graduates are not getting hired. They complain that companies ask for experience, but how can they get experience when they're not given a chance? No, boo-boo. Uh-uh. Whilst you were at uni, eh? instead of you spending so much time in and out of clubs, You could have volunteered for an organization. You could have found an entry-level part-time job. That is the experience companies are talking about. And another thing, the problem is not what your child chooses to do. The problem is your dream is too small. That little girl who wants to be a hairstylist could own a chain of salons across the country. But all you saw, all that man saw rather, was a little girl working in a market. Dream bigger and help her to be a badass hairstylist. Listen, this series is about women who have gone against the grain followed their hearts and created businesses that either have never been seen before or are trades that other people would scoff at. Dear listener, brace yourself to be inspired. You can actually create a life that is on your terms. So before we get into it, I have to let you know that the Africana Woman's new website is launching this Monday, the 14th of June. Yo, yeah. 
podcast. Ah, we have worked so hard and I don't want you to miss this. Shout out to Lendo Creative Media and the Africana Woman team. They worked so hard and it looks so beautiful. Um, there's so much good content on there for you to soak up. As you know, um, the Africana Woman brand is not just the podcast. We have a blog. We have... Um, the Africana Women Visionaries and of course the podcast so do check it out and we also have a special giveaway for you too I hope you will join us on Monday and you'll help us celebrate the launch <laughs> ah, okay you'll find the link in the show notes alright let us get to our first guest she is none other than a woman I really admire her name is Donna Mashanga co-founder of Kamanga Wear now she won't say this <laughs> so I have to brag on my sister. I have to do it for her. <laughs> Kamanga Wear is one of the leading fashion houses in Zambia. She is a creative, she is a fighter, and she has a heart of gold. Get a pen and paper out. I'm just giving you a heads up because you are going to want to take some notes. Here is my conversation with Donna. Enjoy. Donna Mishanga is a 36-year-old Zambian woman who studied video production uh, course at Teveta. She did a tailoring course with the Lusaka City Council and studied fashion design at Evelyn Hone College. She loves anything creative that allows people to think outside of the box. She is a do-it-yourself junkie. <laughs> and she's been designing for 13 years and she is a badass businesswoman for 11 years. She loves plants too, a very expensive hobby, which I've seen for myself. Um, and she always wants to be surrounded by her plants and whether it's at her home or her work. Donna, welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm so excited that you're here at the Africana Woman. Mike, this is so exciting. <laughs> I know. I'm happy to be here. Uh, finally, it's been a long time coming. Yes, yes, girl. And <laughs> how long have we known each other? It's been like oh 2019, 20, 2009. 2009. That's like 10 that years. Is, yeah. Yeah. We've been knowing each other for a minute. Yeah. That is so cool. That is so cool. So just for the audience's sake, we um met through fashion. Mm -hmm. And um, that was in my my former life when I was a fashion designer. Um, and then the money wasn't coming in fast enough <laughs> as much as I was spending it. So I said, you know what, this is not working for me. I need to go into something else. <laughs> but Donna has um, been so consistent and she has a beautiful, beautiful um, design company and it's called Kamanga and you guys can go check it out. Just go find it on Instagram, Facebook, wherever you want, you will find it. It's beautiful, beautiful attires. So we have been in and out of each other's lives just all these um, nine, ten years <laughs> in different capacities. And I just love uh, watching her grow and just seeing where the business is going. And yeah, I mean, from where we came from. <laughs> when we were showcasing for the first time, 
Zambia Fashion Week. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Century ago. I know, right? I know. Way old. <laughs> <laughs> so Donna, tell us a little bit about, you know, um, what was your journey to becoming a fashion designer? Was this something that you always knew you wanted to do? Um, no, actually, I was one of the weirdos in school. You know, like everybody else knew exactly what they wanted to be. I was like, I don't know. And uh, actually, my teachers were very worried. Because <laughs> they'll be like, what do you want to do? I don't know. Um, my mom is a teacher. My dad was uh, a soldier. My mom, there were, I think, 10 siblings in total that my grandmother gave birth to. All of them, except I think two of them were teachers. I said, hell no. I'm not going to be a teacher. Definitely <laughs> not. Dad was like, no, because I grew up very masculine. I, uh, When I was growing up, my dad inspired me a lot. I wanted to do everything he used to do. So mm-hmm. in his mind, he's going to be a soldier, perhaps. I said, uh, no, thank you. so it was only I actually realized it in my early I didn't even know that it was even called fashion at the time because internet Mm -hmm. then we didn't have access to internet when we were growing up as much as it is these days so um um I call it my mother's laziness. The day she will hear it, it's going to be fun. But <laughs> um, when we were growing up, there was always three girls in, in our household. So there was me, I'm the firstborn, my young sister, and we had an aunt who was dad's young sister when we were growing up. And then when she got married, uh, they brought in a cousin of ours that we were growing up with. And then my mother, in her laziness, decided I have three girls. If it's going to shop for clothes, Mm-hmm. We ship them all. Just buy three different colors, and would look like triplets going to church, which I absolutely hated. <laughs> and we are walking, and people are like, "Oh, triplets!" I'm like, "Uh-uh." No, I'm the first one. She's. <laughs> I always felt the need to want to identify myself and make a point that we're not triplets. But my mother would always buy a purple dress, a red dress, a green. I'm like, seriously. So with that, because I hated that already, so every time she bought us a brand new dress, different colors, I would get mine and chop it around. I didn't even know how to sew and try and change it so it looked a bit different. And most of the mm-hmm. time, it was a disaster. And my mother would be so upset with me. <laughs> that was a new dress. I spent money. And then um, one day with our argument, dad actually came in. He just said, it's clear that she doesn't like your choice of uh, her clothing. Could you just give her the money? She goes to buy what she wants. And that way, this would stop. Because every time you buy, she's always trying to change it. That tells you she doesn't like it. My mother didn't say I know. She just looked at me like, really? Said, fine. But from that moment, when I was given my first shopping money to go buy my own clothes, I didn't even want to go to the shops because what was in the shops was just, uh, it wasn't exciting me as much. Mm. I went to Dab, Salaura. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So wait, uh, how old were you? Um, just hit my teens. I think I was like 12. Ah, cool. I had just hit my teens. I knew what I wanted to look like. I didn't want to look like every girl out there. I, I mm-hmm. want, I, I've always, always wanted to have my own different way of looking. 
So when I went there, I came back with clothes. My mother couldn't even understand how to wear what. And every time I wore it, she's just like, oh, my God. <laughs> I would be walking. I grew up in Mutendere. I would be walking in our compounds and people would be like, and where did that come from? Who the mm. hell is that? Mm. So I've always had that uh, spot where I'm always standing out among people because of the way I dressed myself. And then um, years back, I actually discovered, I started that self-identity way earlier than I actually realized. It only hit me in my life when I actually knew who I was. And I was like, hmm, I've come a long way. Uh, <laughs> because when yeah. I was in uh, grade five, um, I was at Mutendere Primary School. My mom was a teacher there. Mm. One afternoon, mom was at work because we used to go to school in the morning and at 12, we'll be at home. Mom was still teaching. I knocked off. I found my auntie Naomi that we used to live with was cutting my brother's hair with a mm. scissors. You know that works? And then they leave you lines that like, was like, I know, right? Cutting my brother's hair and they had the table cuts, the 90s table cuts, the proper mm. table cuts. Oh, wow. And I, I said, I want that. I just, me seeing that and how it just framed out the whole face from I said, that's what I want. I told my aunt, cut my hair as well. She's like, no, I, I said, please cut my hair. I want to look like that. Mm. She cut my hair. Mom knocked off from work, had the feet. My dad looked at me. It was just like, my dad never used to say much. <laughs> and then she was upset. He just looked at me <laughs> and said nothing. I went to school and next day I was happy. My step was different. I was bouncing. I was feeling my table cut. And then the deputy head master saw me and had a fit because in his mind, that's a boy's haircut. Why would a girl do that? He just went in his office, got a scissors and cut across. I cried that day. <laughs> so it only lasted one day. Can you imagine? I cried that day. I cried. <laughs> I didn't even stay in school. I walked home crying. <laughs> My mom is like, yes, that's what you get for doing something like that. Mm. I'm the teacher there. You're embarrassing me. I was like, that's what I felt like doing. Mm. So they tried to shut me down. That was grade five. Um, grade seven, two years later, I had another comeback. It's <laughs> a comeback. <laughs> Tell us about your comeback. <laughs> I saw a guy, then the table cut was out. There was a brush cut. You know that brush, brush. Nice where they would brush with a shoe brush and make the hair lay down with the, um, what was it called? A shade up to the back of the head from here. Mm -hmm. Went to the barber shop one afternoon with my lunch money break. Told the guy, cut my hair into a brush cut. He's like, say what? I said, a uh, brush cut. <laughs> He's like, no, that's for boys. I said, brush cut. Mm -hmm. I am paying. He cut my hair, had a shade, I combed it. Then I was going uh, to school in the afternoon. I went to school in the afternoon, marched in the whole school, stood. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> what, the hell? Huh? what the hell just happened? Oh my God, have you seen Mrs. Shanga's child? Oh my God, the whole school. <laughs> my mother was called to come see me. She had no way. <laughs> And they couldn't do anything to that one. It was a brush that they had to wait it to, mm. <laughs> to grow. You know, I mean, that was a comeback. Good for you. <laughs> From there, my mother's like, oh, why should we? Why, why, where have I gone wrong? And then 
it didn't actually hit me then. I just thought, I don't understand why they're upset with me trying to do what I think is nice. Mm. But later in my years, I was like, mm, I, I hear because my dad was an inspiration. In my, in my mind, I had to be masculine looking. Mm. I didn't want to be feminine. Mm. Um, so um, after that, I pretty much tried because my mother was like, oh, you know how Africans start, you do that, get like that, you never get married. Oh my God, you, which man is going to look at you? <laughs> so I zoned in and stopped trying to express my, what I was feeling as inner feelings. So I went through grades, my higher school from grade uh, eight to grade 12. As a woman, Mukule, <laughs> trying to behave normal. And then um, I think in, when I was in grade 10, it's when I actually started sketching, fashion sketching. Um, mm-hmm. I noticed that every time we were out playing, I wasn't as excited to be outside playing as everybody else was. I wasn't as interested in the TV either. I wanted to, I would look at a dress and I'm like, hmm, I would prefer if, if, I, if I added a flower there and if I added, so I started sketching what I would prefer from what I've seen. I would like, if, if it was me, I would want to wear it this way. So mm-hmm. I started spending most of my time sketching then, playing outside. And so, and when we were in school, because I was a weirdo in a way that I was, I didn't know how to express myself because every time I expressed myself, people were freaking out. So I stayed in a cocoon when I went to school. I had my oh, desk mat. We're not like best friends. I had classmates and deskmates. That was mm-hmm. it. So every time people are making noise or doing that, I'll be there sketching because that was the only way I could be where I could express myself without being judged. Yeah. So um, one of my classmates actually saw what I was doing and she said, do you know that you should, probably that's what you should study, fashion. I said, what the hell is that? Mm-hmm. I just draw what I feel like. He's like, no, no, that's exactly what fashion designers do. Mm. They draw the idea down and then they bring it to life. I thought, that sounds exciting. So I decided to go into an internet cafe, look up fashion designing. When I just opened, I was just like, hello, this is where we need to be. Right? <laughs> it's to like, be. I'm home now. Home now. This is where I need to be. After that, it was serious fashion sketching. Um, by the time I finished grade 12, and it was a secret because my parents didn't know I sketched that. The only people that knew were the people I shared my bedroom with, my sister and my cousin. So when I finished uh, school, I was so scared to go sit down with my parents and tell them this is what I want to do because every time I tried to be myself, I was being like, down, 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 down. So mm-hmm. I, luckily, I met a man who was actually my mentor when I, just, uh, when I hit grade 10. He used to work at Teveta. That's how okay. we study uh, video production at theater. That's the link. <laughs> because we used to trespass. I was at Lusago, so we used to trespass by Teveta when it was time uh-huh. to go home because we didn't want to go around. Yeah. So I met him, and um, he saw that I, it was very. It was a very very weird time of my life. I don't miss school. Every time the alarm rang to knock off. The girls, we were teenagers, so the girls want to put powder on their faces. Things are not allowed when they're in school, so it's knocking off. Nobody's going to stop me. Put powder, try and put some makeup here, brush their shoes. I'll just grab my bag the moment the bell rang, grab my bag, and I'm out walking alone. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this man noticed that every time he would hear the alarm for Lucia girls, there would be one girl that would pass, 
And then 30 minutes later, a group of girls. So he got concerned. He's like, he, in his mind, he thought I was tra- a traumatized girl or something because I was not associating with other girls. So one day, he actually knocked off. Eddie. He had been actually waiting for me. So when I knocked off, mm-hmm. he used to also live in Mutende. So we'd get on the same bus and he started talking to me. Hi, how are you? Are you okay? I actually am a member of a certain organization that we help uh, deal with youths that have problems. And I'm like, problems? and problems? <laughs> He's like, well, you're always walking alone. And then there's a bunch of girls afterwards. I said, ah, they waste their time putting on makeup. I don't need that. And mm-hmm. he was like, this is your teen life. This is when you get to experiment with everything and you're not doing that. I said, no, I'm, I, I'm busy at home. What you do? Busy at home. I sketch. <laughs> so I had a talk with him about fashion. So it became a routine. He was the one person every time I would knock off. I would either go to his office and sit in his office and start sketching from there or so that mm-hmm. I can wait and walk with him and talk with him. So with him, I actually started feeling more confident in wanting to be a fashion designer. He looked up things, he would share things, content that he found with me that would excite me. So when I finished school, I dragged him. I said, you're coming with me to my parents to announce what I'm going to do after school. <laughs> <laughs> We go home and uh, my dad just freaked out. His teenage daughter has walked in with a man in the house. <laughs> and, and then I'm we like, didn't know each other. Like, what's yeah, going on? Very well. I even sat next to him and I'm telling my parents, um, because I didn't even warn them I was coming with anybody. <laughs> I just told them he's here to talk to you. My father was raged already his face was I mean he didn't even know I'm suspecting he was thinking this man has done something to my daughter hmm. oh my god <laughs> and then the man introduced himself no 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 I'm here to just help um tell you what your daughter wants to study because she does not have the confidence to think mm-hmm. maybe you might get it so if you had any questions I would be more than willing to help you understand mm-hmm. what the career path she wants after that my father was like okay. <laughs> calm down <laughs> So he told them, and my father was like, we didn't even know she sketches. I was like, yeah. Well, they didn't know whether it would be a good thing, mm. even I'm, I'm given so many rules of what I can and cannot do for society's sake. But after that, my dad was super excited. He's the one who even went because I had no idea where there was even a fashion school in Zambia. Dad said, don't worry, I'll find, I'll find one. So he found Evelyn Horn College for me. He paid. I didn't even go to pay. He paid and told me here. Uh, go to school and study. That was the most exciting day I went because I used to plait my my hair myself. I plaited some yes, some trending hairstyles. I made my own earrings. <laughs> I made my own outfits. <laughs> when I walked into the fashion class, the lecture, the head lecture was like, "Yep, that's a fashion student." <laughs> <laughs> and all my friends were just looking at my classes like, hmm, interesting. So I've always been that. When I went into Evelyn Horn College, I was always the one with, I guess, with the lecture, always experimenting things that I think they are not coming on fast enough for me to learn. I would be the one experimenting on the dummies and mm. things like that. So I went through that because a lot of um, my classmates actually got a bit disappointed because the... Um, the fashion that they were teaching on uh, at Evelyn Horn College was more of a dressmaking than fashion fashion. 
Okay. So a lot of people were very disappointed what they had in mind of what fashion was going to be and what they were learning at uh, Evelyn Hone College were two different uh, things. I think when we started the class, we were, mm. it was a two years course. We were like 20 mm-hmm. people. By the time we were graduating, I think we were under 10 because people started slowly giving up. Yeah. Um, I was I was lucky because once I, I had kicked into knowing what I wanted to do, I used to watch a lot of YouTube. Um, and I also decided to do a tailoring course before I went to do fashion. So most of my friends were learning tailoring skills first before you can. I, I already had that. So I was doing more experiments than they would be doing. So a lot of them started losing interest, which was so sad, but... Eventually, we graduated, I think, under 10 people. So anyway, that was always uh, mm-hmm. the drive. And by the time I think we were in grade, uh, uh, sorry, second year of fashion, we had one of our lectures take us to Zambia Fashion Week a year before yeah. we graduated and say, this is where you should be seeing yourself next. I was sold. I went to, um, after we watched the fashion show, Mm-hmm. I remained behind. I decided to find out who the person who was hosting it was. Uh, met Jillian and had a talk with her. I told her, I'm an upcoming fashion designer. I want to come showcase next year when I graduate. <laughs> and she asked me if I had any clothes that I'd already made before that she could shoot and put me in her the magazine that was Beauty Zambia. I said, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Because I'd already started making so we had a photo shoot by the time the next year came. That's how we met. And I was showcasing for the first time. I was the only actually student that showcased from my uh, classmates. Wow. So, yeah, that was the beginning of my uh, fashion uh, world. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I feel like there's so many um, similarities, I think, in your story. Because for me, my love for fashion, like I used to like hand sew shirts and then I would like make a shirt and I would give it to my mom like I've made the shirt you have to wear it and it, it would be falling apart but she still wears it <laughs> no, but I always just felt like why should I be wearing someone else's name when I can yeah. wear my own like you know what I mean and yeah. I, like when like um in terms of just being expressive and I think my mother just said that you know I just let her express herself on her body yeah, yeah. to restrict her then she'll start doing other things or whatever yeah, so we, I've had every color of hair I, I remember there's a time I did white braids yo the, the town want to just die this girl has got white braids like how <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I'm just like, listen, you guys just need to leave me alone. Just you don't get alone. it. You don't get it. Don't get There's the no fire inside. Eh? Like, oh. yeah. So totally get it. And it's yeah. and it's it's really amazing that um that yeah, we met when we did meet because then I was just, you know, bright, bright eyed and you know, just like, oh, I want to do this whole fashion thing. But like I said, I didn't continue. I was like one of your 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 classmates. But what made you keep going? And what was that driving force to say that I'm not gonna stop? Um, I had, I actually told myself I had two choices because what, once we, um, I started, I had uh, done for myself, uh, when I was trying to build my company, I, once I graduated from Horn, I realized 
the way I wanted to do fashion was to mass produce clothes. I didn't want to do one-on-ones where somebody comes, take my measurements, make me a dress, and then wait for the next client to walk in. I wanted to have a shop and people come in and buy straight from the rack. And I didn't have that skill of knowing how to grade into different sizes, one style, and how to mass produce them. Mm. So um, I was actually were doing what was I was organizing some fashion show or something at Evelyn Horn College after I graduated because I still had connections with some friends. So we're trying to organize a show. I met um, Tawani Clark. Uh, Kutoa, yes. So she was come. She came into Horn after I had uh, even Horn College after I had finished. So she was coming to study fashion then. So when I met her, we had a talk. I think um, one of my lecturers actually told her, "If you want to know what's the best way around here and blah blah blah, the person you should go see is Donna because she's the go-to if you want to learn about fashion at this one barra." So she came to me, hey. Uh, this lecture has referred me to you to have a talk um, just in my first year. I said, oh, I graduated. So we had a talk and then she said, no, I'm actually studying. I've also been designing, but I don't have the skills. Um, so I'm just here to, to acquire skills. And then she told me she had a, a friend of hers who had just come from South Africa to study fashion. Mm. So she had studied and graduated. She was back in Zambia. She was Zambian and she was starting up her own shop. So she was looking for tailors. Mm. So when he was speaking, my bells in my head were just like, ding, you're wasting my time, you're wasting my time, give me her number. (laughs) (laughs) I know know plenty tailors, give me her number. She gave me her number, I I went aside, hi, I hate you're looking for tailors. Well, I'm one of the tailors. (laughs) I'd like to come work for you. Made an appointment with her for a job interview uh, the next day. When I went to that job interview, I carried a a huge bag of my uh, range. There was a fashion show that happened, was it early 2010 or 2019? There was a fashion show that was organized by, what were they called? Fashion Connect. I think they were called Fashion Connect, a company. So they did a fashion competition for fashion designers in Osaka to showcase so they could pick the best of the best. And I had won that competition. Mm-hmm. I just carried that range from that competition to my job interview. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> so I met, like, look at what I do. Yes. <laughs> so I went and met this woman, uh, Christina, who's the partner in Kamangawe, my business partner. Uh, and I told her, hi, I'm here to interview for a tailoring job, but here's the honest thing. I'm also a fashion designer, and I've heard you studied in South Africa. I couldn't afford to go study in South Africa. I know South Africa does mass production of clothes. I know South Africa teaches uh, grading, which I know you should know. Mm-hmm. I want to work for you for free so I can get the skill. Girl, let's stop there. Because, you know, there's some children out there in this world that are listening and they're like, <gasps> she said work for free. <laughs> <laughs> Before that, what do you want? So what do you want? Work for free. <laughs> you know, don't be entitled. Don't be entitled. What do you want? Huh? So she said, oh, I said, well, I have a range that I used for a competition that I won, blah, blah, blah. Can I show you? I showed her my clothes. She was blown off. Mm-hmm. She said, 
um, yeah, a second person that I've seen that is this creative. When I was in Spring, South Africa, there was one person in our class that was this creative that I couldn't, I am not in that level of creativity when it comes to creating things. Mm. So she said, um, she actually looked at my sewing. She's like, oh, the sewing is very bad. Uh, mm. So I don't think I would give you a job as a tailor. I because she showed me a suit that she had just made. It looked like it had just, yeah, come out from the shop. You know, these woolworths would go to, I was like, you couldn't see where what joins. There was just perfection everywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm. That was very intimidating. So she said, you can't work for me because my work has to be this neat. So she said, no, because you are very creative and I'm not very creative in that industry. I am more technical. I want the finishing to be perfect. I'm a perfectionist in that way. Yeah, I can be creative here and there, but not at your level. Yeah. So what you can do is perhaps try and come up with a range together that mm-hmm. uh, we can try and sell and see. Because I was telling her I had a lot of uh, contact of uh, uh, young girls that were in college. So I told her we could actually make a range and like we'd go sell at the college where I was. And mm-hmm. at that time, I also used to have a stand at the Sunday market. I used to go, I used to make jewelry and. Yeah, jewelry. I remember. Yeah. So, um, so I told her I have a market where I can go sell. If we did the range between mm-hmm. our kids and the college, we should be able to make up something. So she said, yeah, that will, because that will be your learning process. We come up with the range and then I teach you the pattern making and the grading and the production that I said, that's fine by me. Let's do this. So we tr- uh, we did the first uh, uh, range. I think it was like 10 pieces that we called uh, College Girl because our target was just the college girl, the teenager who's. We did that. Um, the only thing is um, she, because coming from South Africa and uh, fabrics that we're using, there was a lot of stretch, a lot of um, prints that was not Chitenge. I was more focused on Chitenge because that's what was selling to tourists here. Mm-hmm. So we produced a lot of um, uh, fab, uh, clothes that had uh, T-shirt team stretch and things like that, but with a bit of a touch of Chitenge. I took them to my uh, uh, friends and at school, the students, the response wasn't as, because it was something that they can find in a surprise and things like yeah. that. So it didn't excite them as much. I took it to arcades where I had clients and tourists knew where to find me when they needed a Chitenge dress. Uh, to take back home and they were like no this is this is not Zambian <laughs> this is not Zambian enough like what happened to the dresses you used to make yeah that, 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 that hit because I was excited um, so we had to sit down and go back to the drawing board and I sat her down and told her listen mm-hmm. I have plans and most of my clients, I had a huge connection in the Swedish and the Finnish embassy. I said, all those women buy Chitenge from me. Mm-hmm. I took these things, nobody wants them. They want Chitenge. So why don't we create this ready-to-wear in Chitenge? Mm-hmm. So we decided, yeah, okay, let's try out some few things. So we started doing some Chitenge um, ready-to-wear garments. And one of the first dresses I actually designed um, out of uh, Chitenge, it was a very, very simple dress because I knew what concept used to sell with these uh, uh, people, the, the tourists. When I made it, my partner was like, I have never seen a dress that boring coming out from a woman so creative. 
<laughs> that's such a boring test. When I went, I think we had made like five in the week. When I went with them to the market, they sold out. Like, Hello. It worked. <laughs> so from that one, we started creating some tops and some shorts. And then uh, the, the name that where Kamanga where actually came from was addressed. We are actually working and we always work with music. So we were playing uh, music and uh, we had uh, Pink, uh, the song uh, Walk, of, Walk of Shame play. Mm-hmm in the background. So my partner said, hmm, that's a very, very tough situation for a woman, especially if you land at a place where there's like flat and then you have to walk out in a dress you were wearing last night, especially if it was an evening garment. Mm. Such an embarrassing situation. Wish we could, you know, like rectify it. So at, even if you're walking, it's a walk of shame. You you take that uh, thought of, huh, right, yeah, you got laid last night. <laughs> <laughs> to something else and twist the situation. <laughs> so we, as I said, wow, um, what if we designed, you know, like a dress that you could wear this way and then the next day twist it the other way? So you don't look like the dress you went in with last night. <laughs> like, yeah, let's do a dress like that. So we decided to do a dress that you could wear two ways and twist it. Um, one, what we didn't know is we had created a dress that you can wear in several ways more than yeah. two yeah so we, me and her experimented with two and then whilst we were playing around in the dam oh maybe i could turn it into a skirt oh maybe i could we <laughs> discovered there were more ways that we could actually wear it to a point where once we were done we said we're never going to remember all of this we need to create a manual for this dress <laughs> so we decided to create a manual so we used to sell this dress with a manual wow so yeah, yeah, so that was the commander dress, which was the first dress because it was just by tying it in different ways that you could come up with the nine different looks. Yeah. So and um, then my business partner Christina was very timid with uh, using nyanja. She's colored, and apparently every time where she grew up in Mansa, if she used nyanja, the whole village would laugh. So she was very timid with using nyanja words. Me being me, I just throw it all out there. I'm going here. I'm from Sparta. Let it flow. Let it flow. <laughs> so I'd always be talking to her and use my nyanja words. And then you see she's excited. She wants to use it. I just said, please, let's just join. I'm, I'm the, this is this is a neutral zone. Hey? Yeah. So in her learning, she just, oh, so Kumanga dress, we were like, oh, that's actually a good sound to the dress. Because we had not even named it yet. Kumanga, Kumanga, please. Let's go it Kumanga dress because we're just tying it in different ways and we have nine looks. Mm. So we decided to do the Kumanga dress and it just blew off. We sold to one woman. One woman went to show her friends I bought a dress with a manual. Before we knew it, we were phone calls. We want this dress with a manual. And then that's how we lifted off. Oh my God, that's an amazing story. <laughs> the company wasn't going as fast as we could i was just like should i give up i can go do a saloon i love hair (laughs) and then i'm like but i put in five years why would i want to give up now yeah yeah it's five years that i've grown a lot of people that believe in us we have people that believed in us. We had people that would leave Zambia after their contract was done and they would give our number to somebody who was coming to Zambia. Wow. If you need yeah. to go to these people. 
how do I give up on all of those people that still come to look for me? It was no choice. So we just yeah. kept going. And here we are 11 years later. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is just amazing. Sis, are you like me? I literally live by my calendar. If it's not on there, it does not exist, nor does it happen. But quick question, are you on your calendar? I don't mean all the activities that you do for and with others. I mean, do you have a day that is all about you? Not babies, not bay, not work, or anything else that keeps you busy. I'm asking you to be your own bay. So one day a month, Africana Woman will host in-person events in Lusaka that give you permission to practice self-love. This is not just another networking event. You know, restaurants and cocktails. No, darling. Instead, we are partnering with local businesses to give you unique experiences like paint and sip, a ladies hike, or a body positive dance class. Like, you do not want to miss this. So come on then, join us, sign up today, be your own bay. Find the link in the show notes or go to africanawoman.com. Now back to the conversation. So I mean, to update the, the, the audience, like, you know, because your story so far, you were selling at um, the Sunday market. So the Sunday yeah, market is like a pop-up shop basically for the people that are listening um and it's like at one of the malls and you know other random places around um lusaka but tell us like what have you evolved to right now well ah uh, yeah from arcades to <laughs> uh now we actually have pretty much a very uh good system that actually works we didn't because whilst we were selling at our kids we were still trying to figure out ourselves how do we run this as a business how do we run this as a profitable business how do we actually mass produce clothes that is made out of a hundred percent cotton with no stretch and fit an african figure an african figure especially she will be a size eight at the top and a size 16 at the bottom how do we <laughs> i like the way you say that yeah, yes, it's fact. This is reality. So we had to do a lot of experiments and make a lot of mistakes and learn from our mistakes. And every time we had that figure walk into the door, both me and my partner would be panicking, we'll get all the measurements, smile at the client when she leaves. I'm like, oh my God, what are you Oh my God. <laughs> and then you try this, it doesn't work. No, 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 don't worry. We'll make you another free dress. <laughs> And so we started studying the body and how we could manipulate um, certain styles to fit them. And then we decided that that certain styles we're not going to be able to do because yeah. of the kind of woman that comes to our shop, we had to identify who our customer was actually. And we also wanted to do dresses that we could, if it's a style, we can fit two or three different women figures. If we could get that, we have a winner. Yeah, because we are not only targeting one person. So we had to create a system that that was our go to this and this and this to design. So that's how we've pretty much uh, evolved. We've literally got uh, these are the three things that we need to look for when you're designing. Your designing process has changed right now. It's not anymore about your creativity and letting it out there. You mm -hmm. have this woman in mind when it mm -hmm. comes to designing. And now we have uh, also uh, like we have a factory. So we have 
somebody that is specifically just employed to come do cutting. That's all they do. That's their job because now we are running like a proper factory with production wise. It's a cutter, mm-hmm. um, the the pattern maker, and there's a tailor who is actually just trained to sew. That was that has been the biggest, biggest struggle up to now over the years because Zambian tailors and mm. because they've dealt with a lot of designers in Zambia that actually do designing on paper, but uh, cutting the garment themselves and all of that, they don't do They Give the tailor, this is my idea, make it. Mm. And once the tailor makes it, he thinks he's a designer. So, oh. hello, okay. I, I did that, yes. So, um, and because they, the mentality is I can also cut and sew myself, mm. we have a specific cutter who cuts specifically. When the tailor decides this and this is not fitting, oh, I'll just chop it off. Yeah, mm. because mm. also he believes it also makes clothes. That's what he does. He cuts and sews. So it's been a lot of work trying to, uh, once you employ tailors and trying to pound it in their heads, mm. don't cut out anything. Yeah, so and learning like like yeah, taking off bad habits. Yes, little by little. If anything doesn't fit, call me. Don't cut off anything. You are not the designer. You do not understand. No, I said everything in this garment is sewn at one centimeter. They sew at two point five. No, but the dress is come out. But no, 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 it's not fitting the body it was made for. Them learning the sizing system. It's it's been crazy it's 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 a lot and i don't actually employ tailors uh a lot because once i train somebody i'm gonna fight to keep them if they want to leave because i've wasted years to get get them to understand my system and how we work so it's uh, it's been it's been real bad we mm-hmm. have a system that works that we know at least if we are in full uh, working team and we've decided we want to produce, we can produce 150 garments in a month. So we have a system that works. Everybody is coming in. But yeah, so that's where we are. And now um, we are, are actually trying to... Are you still in? selling at the, at the markets? No, I stopped because now the people would be like, no, we know where to find you. Mm-hmm. But you haven't told us. Where are you? Where are they finding you? I'm in, I'm in Woodlands on uh, Chindo Road, right opposite uh, Pinacomo. That's where we've been for the last 10 years. We've, mm-hmm. we've grown. We don't want yeah. to move. I have a very very nice store a very very nice environment lots of plants outside if you just want to see if you're tired of shopping you can sit and relax recoup when you get your energy back you can dive into the shop again <laughs> yeah so very easy to find, actually. I have signage outside that says Kamanga Way and uh, Studio and Shop. You can miss it. Yeah. And yeah. online, there should be everything our address to our phone number that you can literally directly WhatsApp us or email us. Mm, mm. Yeah. 
you've said so many good things in like this conversation. I'm just like, if anyone's listening and you know, you're, um, you know, a business person or, you know, you want to start a business, there's like so many lessons that have been in what you've said. And I hope people pick them up, you know, um, from things like, you know, the market research, which you were doing, you know, when you were, you went with the ready to wear um, clothes for the younger ladies And then they said, well, no. And then, you know, (laughs) the people that are actually willing to pay were like, listen, this is what we want. And then, you know, you started now experimenting. Then again, experimenting, you know, still doing the market research with the different bodies and figuring that out. Like, you know, and then also making sure that you have a system. Because I feel like people just feel like, oh, business should just, it should just be. But it should have a system, guys. (laughs) Just the time uh, that you invested, because again, when someone starts something, they want it to be, "Mm, I'm a success. I mean, in South Africa, Fashion Week. (laughs) That year. I made it overnight. (laughs) But then for an accident. It takes to, you know, really master your craft. Um, I know I was doing, um, you know, when I was baking, there's a saying that um, you have to do like a thousand to become a master. And then that's when you actually see the results. And trust me, like I I have baked for hours and hours and hours. Yes. Exhausted. Called a master. (laughs) And that's exactly like what you're saying because you know you invested the time to, you know, to just come up with what you're doing for your business. I love it. I just it's amazing. Um I think I the first thing that I want to ask is what are your parents saying about all of this right now? <laughs> this, 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 this was fun, actually. So when I finished school, um, my dad didn't know that when I was in college, um, I actually started saving. He would give us um, money for lunch for a whole month. I decided in my mind, I already wanted to start a business. And that's when I just went into college to study. I decided I needed to start saving money to start a business. So from my lunch money portion, I would cut it in half. Half was saved for business. The other half was for food. So me and my sister, because we're at the same college and we're going to college at the same time, we'd be like, well, I'll have my half and you have your half. Let's go to Soweto buy food that we can be cooking and carrying to school for the whole Mm -hmm. month that we Mm -hmm. do with as we please the other money. So that's how I started buying beads and chitenges from Kamala. You go buy it my two meters, make it a dress, go to a kids at a Sunday and sell and start accumulating money. Dad would see me go to a kids with my backpack every Sunday. I'm not home. Uh, Saturday, I'm on the machine sewing like crazy. Um, it would be uh, midnight. They're sleeping. I'm still <laughs> because it was it was manual. It was. <laughs> <laughs> my dad would come my bedroom donor uh, I think you should sleep now it's past midnight eh you've been sewing the whole day In my mind I'm like tomorrow I have a market I need to read some dresses to myself yeah so when we started that he didn't actually get like he thought yeah yeah she's running around I would tell him sometimes on Saturday no I'm going to somebody's uh Swedish uh person's uh, residence to go fit a dress and he thought, yeah, she's playing around. He didn't mm. actually think that I was actually going to start a serious big business. I, I think in his mind, I was going to be one of those little tailors with a shop at, at his house, something. Mm. So when I 
finished school and I actually started uh, the shop. I didn't actually tell them I started the shop because in my mind, I needed to show them. I had always had this vision of I will have this successful shop and then most of the Zambian women would be wearing my clothes and then we'll be walking in the street and I'll be like, Dad, I made that. I made that. I made that. <laughs> so that's what I was waiting for. The yeah. only thing that happened is uh, though we had, um, what did we do? I think we had the fashion show. Was it 2012? And then we were featured in the newspaper. My dad was a newspaper addict. He used to buy all three newspapers every single day without fail to Mm -hmm. read through everything. And then he found all that information. I had not told him. Uh, My name, my partner's name, they own a shop this side in Kavlonga. And uh, my Mm -hmm. father was shocked (laughs) because I had even moved out then. Uh, he called me like, I've just seen you in the paper. Mm-hmm. It's saying you have a job. I was like, oh, well, it came out earlier than <laughs> So I made a date and went to go see him and sat down with him. And I told him, yes, I have this. I'm doing this. He was completely shocked. Where did you get the money? I never gave you any money to start business. I'm like, dad. I've, I've always been business oriented, even when I was growing up, because with him, um, we used to, uh, we lived in a place that was very dumb. So we used to have sugar cane. We used to farm sugar canes uh, on our, at our house. So we used to say, my dad would be cutting down, I would be uh, putting them in different sizes and selling. Mm-hmm. That was, that was business. I don't know why yeah. he, <laughs> he didn't see that. So I told him I've always been business oriented. When I was going to college, the money you used to give me, I used to keep half and go to our kids. Yes, I used to see you go to our kids, but I didn't think you were making. I was, no, I was making money, so I was just saving up. And uh, here we are. We started this, so it was for him. It was like wow. My mom, I would tell her, but my mom didn't want. I think to steal my shine and be the one to tell dad because she was waiting for me to sit down and tell him this is what I'm doing. Yeah. So that's how my dad found out, and then. After that, he was the proudest. Every time you go visit him, he runs into his friends. This is my daughter. She runs her own business. <laughs> yeah. so before, you, before you were your mother's daughter, now this is my daughter. We do something. Talk to your children. I don't want to meet my children or the boys. And then suddenly, I was his star. <laughs> but he wanted to show off in everyone's face. <laughs> So yeah, it was it was exciting. I I made him a shirt. I made him some pants. He was excited. He would wear them to Sunday uh, to church oh, every wow. Sunday. It was exciting. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. That is so sweet. Um, do you still sell the Kamanga dress, the original one? We still do. I produce it now once in a while because I got tired. Hey. Eh? <laughs> Because people come, they're excited. We heard about this dress, and they were in Denmark, so we're here. Demonstrate how you wear it. I'm demonstrating on the dummy, and they're taking a video. And once you repeat the same thing over and over in years, mm-hmm. it becomes a song in your head. Eventually, the passion starts dying because you're like, yeah, right, I can do this in my sleep. So <laughs> I slowly decided to... We still produce it. We normally have in the shop like a few and then people, otherwise, if we don't have it, people can order it and then mm-hmm. we make for them because we didn't just want the whole focus to just be on the Kamanga dress. We were trying to grow as a brand and produce different styles 
rather than the Kamanga. So we deliberately quietly started pulling it off from the, being the center of attention and started pushing the other things out. So we could tell people, you can also look good in the style. It's not just the Kamanga dress. We can also make this go viral, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Hi. Okay, but me, I'm coming. And you have to show me. You you should you should I'll show you eh? we can do a video dressing you in me I'm coming I can do it oh goodness and then um where do you see um where do you see yourself now like what's your what's your next thing that you're conquering because you know the first thing was be a designer how do I do yes. that you managed to do that and then the next thing was I'm going to have a shop where we're making clothes that people can just come and pick up off the, the rack oh, and they wear it and it's got that Afrocentric um, look to it and you know for that woman that is very proud of being African and even that someone who wants to take some an, a piece of Africa with them mm-hmm. to wherever they're coming from so now where are we going to see Donna Mshanga no, no, no. Uh, I'm telling you. Um, so right now I'm actually trying to finally do the other passion of mine, which has been subdued because of Tamanga. We're still trying to grow this system. My focus was this, 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 this. I've mm-hmm. always, uh, as you said earlier, I'm a DIY junkie, biggest, biggest out there. I buy furniture. I'm like, what color am I painting you? <laughs> What color am I painting you this weekend? I'm not working. This is why we're friends. This is totally why we're friends. So I've I've always done uh, small things that are what I call household uh, things or utensils. I'll buy something and pimp it and then put it in my house and somebody's like, I'm walking away with this. Then you're going to make me this. So I want to venture into that now. So that's what um, my next focus is. I actually uh, opened the Facebook page. I think it was last month. Um, that's called Kamanga Home. Um, mm, because yeah, now that... Yeah, so now I'm trying to go into the house now. We, we've dressed you outside on your body now. Let me attack your house and... Uh, Let's pimp you. <laughs> so I'm pretty much now focusing on uh, Kamanga Home because this is where my biggest passion is. When I'm not working on clothes, I'm trying to pimp this. I'm trying to do that. I want to make flower pots and put in flower pots and paint them whatever colors I want, my craziness. On, yeah, yeah. So that's my next venture. That's what I'm focusing on. I'm hoping I can have a Kamanga Home and pretty much a studio that would pretty much beside by side there'll be Kamanga wear and there'll be Kamanga home. So you have the choice what you want to shop into, whether you want something that you want to go put in your house that will make you feel what you feel when you're in a Kamanga dress, but mm-hmm. in the house. Um, so that's what I'm working on right now. I'm trying to do a lot of uh, utensils that are out of Chitenge because I love Chitenge. I live Chitenge. I love bright, the brighter, the merrier. Um, so I'm doing a few utensils that I want to put out there and see how the response is. And then I can shape it the same way we shaped Kamanga Boya into what is actually a need that people need out there. So, yeah. I've, so that's what I've started. I've, I've named it Kamanga Home because I am not yet completely focused or know exactly where I want it to lead. I know the vision I want. But the whole dream will come around with what my clients' demand is. 
So mm-hmm. I'm just beginning to shape it and see throughout some few things, see the reaction, hear their views, and then we'll shape it into a Kamanga home. And yeah, and then I can retire as an old happy woman. <laughs> so, I don't see you retiring, darling. But um, are, are your your um, your dresses and all the beautiful things that you make are they av- available like online? Like, would someone be able to go buy and then you can ship? Um, online for now, I'm actually working on the website again. Um, once the COVID situation hit and my shipping, instead of taking five days to the US, took three months, somebody paid for the dress and it's not getting there and they're calling you every week. My dress is not yet here. I am tracking it. The dress is still in South Africa. And these were things that were beyond my control. I shipped off the dresses were stuck in South Africa for like a month because we were shipping out medical things first. Yeah. It was more urgent. So clothings were put in a warehouse and then one month later they started off. I'm like, hey, we can relax. They're on the way. No, they are stuck in Germany in a warehouse. So that went under once COVID hit. Um, I completely even just a website there. Uh, not now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we are just yeah. because the world is up again and moving so we are literally working on the website again now to try and get it back up and uh, we are working on the new range which we're supposed to have launched earlier this year but yeah it's been fun it's been <laughs> it's been a lot of move stop move stop yeah um, but we should be able to launch the website again and have people to uh, able to order online and we still ship but they have to get in touch with us directly most of them have been getting in touch through whatsapp yeah. Hey, I wanted a dress. What do you have in the shop currently? So we'll send them pictures and then they get to pick a dress and then we ship. So it's more of a one-on-one for now. It's not happening online because of that. Mm-hmm. We are yeah. still in recovery. Yeah, yeah but, but I'm glad, you know, at least it's a recovery, not that yeah. you know, you're still dying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, recovery. Yeah, yeah. 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 When they stopped selling, we were like, masks. <laughs> you have to think on your toes with business people. It's I a wrap. Know. I, I know. know the first, the, first uh, the day they announced the first case of COVID in Zambia, they've recorded the first case. I was producing masks the second day. <laughs> I was like, we have masks, people, we have masks. <laughs> And I had every punished person coming. So we, I think that was one of the biggest things that actually helped us survive because they knew if they needed masks, Chitenge masks, Tamanga were hard when everybody was in panic mode. So that kept the business running. It was crawling, but there was still some interaction. There was some movement. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I know it's good you you were thinking on your feet, girl. Very good. You see, this is like a whole masterclass. Everybody has. You guys just say thank you to Luke because you've just received a whole masterclass out here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but I want you to say because this series, you know, we've been talking to um, we're talking to women that have done you know, jobs or have careers that are just not the norm. 
Um, because you know, when we're growing up, it's like a doctor, lawyer, shani, that type of situation. Yeah. So what advice would you have to somebody who um wants to do something, but then they don't even have an example of what they want to do, <laughs> but then they feel it in their every um, my advice would be first things first, do what makes you happy. Mm. People will always judge you. Not everybody will uh, get you. Not everybody will appreciate you. Um, I, I actually had to learn, you know, where because of what was pounded in my head, even when I grew up, I had this business running. I was still not confident in myself. Mm. I always thought, what are people going to think? Oh, if I make a dress that's a bit lower than that, what are people going to think? What am I trying to sell? You know, and then I was, one day I just told myself, why am I so focused on living on what people expect me to do? Mm-hmm. When is it going to be a day when I'm going to live for me? When am I going to get that chance to live for me? Because it was killing me inside. It's like, you're trying to come and somebody's, it was so much draining. I was spending so much energy worrying about what people will think mm. instead of taking care of myself and doing what made me happy. Yeah. So I feel if you have a burn to do something, you feel it inside, but you think society will not accept, just do it. You only live once. And the truth is, you don't know when you're going to die. Oh, I don't know who you're saving it for. Because... <laughs> Please, do you, do you, do you live for you? People eventually, once you put your foot down and put, this is my path, this is where I'm going, whether you like me or not, people will mold themselves around you. You make your path, people will mold themselves around you. If they want to be a part of you, they will mold themselves up. They will make it their mission to be a part of you. I I actually go to that realization and I decided, hey, Hello, let me show you who I am. You like me, you don't like me, bye. Whoever likes me will stick with me. And that was the best decision I've ever done in my life. Because after that, everything was fun. Everything was light. Like if you have an idea after that, you just want to go, go. You're not even waiting for anybody's approval. And then you'll be shocked at how people completely embrace that because it's one step that they didn't think a lot of people are timid and especially women we expected we cannot do this we cannot do that a woman cannot do this honey i can make bricks from scratch my dad taught me that if i did that and men are like oh my god she can i'm like yeah it's just a skill like we can all do it it's just that society says women can't no we can Mm -hmm. so um do what you want to do and don't pick a career because that's what's expected of your family says, you know, you have to get this career because you also need to help with finances. I've always said this to my relatives, which at first they thought that I was just being a rebel, but I've always said, I know African uh, norm, they expect once you start working, you start providing and helping out everybody. Let me make it for me first. Mm-hmm. And then if I have the means to help, I will help. Don't try and put your responsibilities on my head. They are not mine. I have my own responsibilities that I have to do with my life. 
Because this is what brings down a lot of people. You responsibilities are just being poured on your head. You're not even ready for them. Let me be ready myself and say, oh, I'm finally fine with myself. I can look after myself. I can take care of myself. I can help that person. Not being, no, you have to finish school so you can help your siblings. I've always said um, it was very considered very rude, but I said uh, they're my siblings. I didn't give birth to them. The parents that gave birth to them made a decision to have children, so it's their responsibility to look after them, not me. Okay. I'm the love. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know how it happened. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's a reality. If a person decides to have a child, they've decided that's their responsibility because that person is not going to go anywhere. They will always look up to you, Mama. I need this, Mama. That's your responsibility. Stop trying to plant it on the siblings who you decided to have to. I have more children. Don't plant it on your children. Let them flourish in their own way. If they need to help, they'll come in and help. It's yeah. actually amazing once you let them grow and then you see that's when their characters come out because yeah. every time you're trying to tell them what to do, they're trying to be what you want them to be, but they're not being their true selves. So, yeah. yeah. Do do what you want to do. Don't let anybody talk you down. I've always I always dare myself if I want to do something and I think people are not going to like it. I just tell myself just go do it and then see how they react. Right. And actually get a high from it when people are getting shocked. I'm excited. Somebody actually told me you just love attention <laughs> because um I can't remember what year it was um. But I was already doing, we're already doing Kamanga where I decided to go shave my head and have a mohawk. I was mm -hmm. the only woman with a mohawk. I would be driving in traffic and then bus conductors would be screaming, Balotary, Balotary. And I'm like, who the hell is that? I didn't, I had to Google the guy. I had to Google the guy. And then when I saw him, he was a footballer, I think Italian or something, footballer with, a mohawk, and he was always stylish. I'm like, hello, hey, hey, I can be, but <laughs> there were times when I'm on the bus and I'm going, and then women are seated, and then they are murmuring, "Oh my God, this child is old, and this child don't hear that one." And then this is me. This is how I've made my stance and decided this is who I am. Take me or leave me. I would mm -hmm. literally turn around. My time now, my work. I'm like, I'm going to try to buy my work. I'm going to buy it up with my lab. And then when you answer them, because they don't expect it. Most of the time when they're That's telling you. Yes, all right. Because people just want to be talking and they don't expect you to answer. Actually, they don't expect you to react. So they will shiver you and they expect you to just sit there. So uh -huh. every time I would talk back at them, it was the shocker. They will shut up. I will just be like, I have a mother. You want me to go to take it to her and go introduce you to her? Mm. I'm like, do you know how 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 that I respect a hula me? Do you know the risk she takes every day? The things she does, that's a hero to me. That's a brave woman, and I am a brave woman. Thank you for liking me, me to her. And then they're like, I'm like, Hello. from there on. <laughs> Just for context sake, um, Hude is a prostitute, guys. Yes, oh, I'm sorry. yes, it's a prostitute. <laughs> I swear, mm -hmm. those are brave women. The risk they take every day. 
those are heroes. Unless you've heard their stories and what's leading them to there, let's not judge them on what they're doing. I'm, so every time I was likened to them, I said, thank you. They're my heroes. They're very brave. I wish I could be as brave as they are. I'm brave with my hair, but that's as far as it goes. I know, right? <laughs> Hello, girl. <laughs> All right, darling. This has been such a fascinating conversation. I've learned so much. I'm just like, wow. Okay. Um, at the Africana Woman uh, community, we have a little saying that goes, "Know your roots, grow your purpose." And I have a few questions for you. So you just tell me whatever comes to mind. Yeah. Okay. So the first question: What are you rooted to? Uh, my tribe. Mm-hmm. Okay, why? Um, my dad has always uh, impounded in us to be proud. He's, he was a very, very proud Ngoni man. And so he actually, all of us had the Ngoni names. Mm. I know mine doesn't sound Ngoni at all, but it was actually supposed to be Donalia, which is a Ngoni name. Um, it means uh, someone's woman or wife. So, um, but... I don't know whether it was doctors on my birth certificate felt lazy to spell the whole thing. They thought my parents were being uh, backwards. Hey, this is a uh, an English name, yo. You can't put the Leah there. So <laughs> I put Donna on my birth certificate and I've grown up with that. But if I go to the village, everybody calls me a fool. Donalia, Donalia, because that means... And somebody will just be like, this is Avanatonavanga. It means this is my woman or my wife or something like that. So um, he's always impounded on us to be proud. He's, he was a very, very proud uh, Ngoni man. He always said, once you're proud of yourself, nobody's going to change how you feel or hurt you in any way. Once you know who you are and you're proud, nothing mm-hmm. is going to so yeah. it's always been something that he has been pounded on me. I've always been proud. We've, we've had incidences where we went to a party once with my best friend. Very stupid thing. We did. We love doing it. We go to a party. We are both from Chipata. You know, we are all Zambian people. We are young people at a party. And then suddenly everybody feels like, oh, well, we're at a party. It should be an English party. You know, we can't even talk Nyanja. And then me and my friends would deliberately decide to just speak either Nyanja or Chewa. Whoever mm-hmm. talks to us in English will respond to that and then people mm-hmm. try to be uncomfortable and try to behave like they forgot their language. I'm like, please, <laughs> eh? You grew up with it. How do you forget it today? <laughs> so I've always been very proud. I'm always, I've been very, very proud of um, my roots as Bangoni woman. And um, because of my bold character a lot of people don't actually think i'm zambian i've been called a foreigner so many times yeah yeah in their mind i cannot be zambian a zambian woman does is not that outspoken a zambian woman does not express herself in that way and i've always been like so i'm very proud very very rooted to my roots i respect a lot of traditions that come with um, goni traditions i've been brought up with you see me in the road, I'm a whole different person when I'm at home and my parents, hello, it's a proper Ngoni woman. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. So what are your favorite ways to nourish your mind, body, and soul? Plants. <laughs> plants are my biggest. If I'm stressed out, that's why I have plants at work and plants at home. 
if I'm stressed out and, you know, like I can't shut my brain, there's so much going on. Mm. So I think the plants, I'll be smiling before you know it. Um, and painting, I like painting, especially if it's more things that take a lot of focus and detail because that helps me relax mm. um, a lot. And I do a lot of anything that's creative. If there's a flea market, I'm going to see a lot of different creative things at count me on I'm going so I'm very much I very much surround with myself with a lot of creative things because that's what gives me the juices it drives Mm -hmm. me that's where I draw my inspiration from um other than that if I'm not doing that and I'm just trying to relax I'm at home on the couch and probably on Pinterest you know how there's everything there (laughs) Yeah, so most of my time <laughs> creative things. My yeah. my whole life, I don't have a moment where I actually can't just sit and uh, watch TV. It's a very different, different. I'm trying to train myself now that I'm aging. I'm like, you have to slow down because my body is like, woman, what are we doing? We're not 20 anymore. Um so, <laughs> because I've always had that. My mom was like that. She used to uh, make uh, tablecloths, you know, mm-hmm. and handy bread things. So she would be watching TV and her hands are busy. So I grew up with that because I would sit next to her and be doing. So I just can't sit and my hands have to be doing something. It takes a lot. It takes a lot for me to just sit and just sit and have a conversation with somebody without doing anything with your hands is training into training now i'm just telling myself you're growing old because i get cramps now in my hands because of too much uh yeah things happening with the hands so it's it's a new it's a new thing we're training ourselves in because uh age is calling right yeah okay do you have a weakness that has now become your superpower hmm What's my weakness that has become a superpower? Probably chatting. I chat a lot, huh? You know, I I used to be very timid with talking to people because of the reaction they would react uh, with me on. So Mm -hmm. I'm always very... It's very weird when I'm among a new group of people because I don't know who I'm going to pick the energy to talk Mm -hmm. to. So normally when I'm around new people, I'm very quiet, but eventually I'm just surveilling, trying to see which energy I can link with. But once I link, I'm like, I can chat. You know, before you know it, I'm just like, I've said so much and they didn't say that much. <laughs> they were so much about me and I don't know that much about them. So it's a very, a lot of people actually don't know that I can be very shy, especially when I'm around new people. Mm-hmm. But what I'm actually doing is surveying. I'm, once I pick, I target, and then I'm boom, I'm here. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's been a very, yeah, when I'm around a lot of people, you see me very quiet. But once I link in with somebody, let's go, let's go. Yeah, so cool. Yeah. Okay, last question. What do you know for sure? What do I know for sure? Ooh. That I I think I have lived a great life. I, I, I'm always saying this and my best friend is like, can you please stop that preaching? I always say, I can die today, I'm happy. 
Yeah. <laughs> I can die today. I'm I'm happy. I'm ready. I'm like I'm not scared. I've I think I've lived my my path. I have once I realized who I am and started doing me, I have never looked back. And every day to me is happy day. I actually they're actually I'm having a talk with somebody, somebody has upset me. I'm just like, you know what? I don't have time for a negative energy. <laughs> I do that and just change and just flow because it's I've I've realized the negative energy takes so much from me. It takes a lot because I remain replaying the situation where I could have done it. I want to be happy more than sad. Yeah. So I have I am sure that if I die today, I would be very happy. I'm very sure of that. I've I've been uh, happy. That's yeah. beautiful. That's so much fun here. <laughs> so okay, really quickly, tell people how they can find you. Um, and then we um Africana women and Kamanga Wear have a little project that we're working on. So I don't know, by the time you're listening to this, maybe it's out there, maybe it's not, who knows? But it's good. It is good. Okay, go ahead. Let me know how they can get hold of you. All right. So um you can find us in Woodlands on Chindo Road. Um that's a road that runs from uh Woodlands roundabout where there's Woodlands A School all the way down and comes to cross over Leopardio Road. So that's Chindo Road. So we're on Chindo Road, uh, gate number 13. Uh, it's written Kamanga where um uh, studio and shop and we also have uh, paint and sip in the same premises and there's also Sosi Mukosa. So if you come shopping from Kamanga where you've got a lot of other things that you can do in one environment. You can be an artist for a day and walk home with a painting from Paint and Sip. And then there's Sosi Mukosa who does amazing, amazing uh, household things that you can just pick up and go be happy. So yeah, we are in Woodlands, the Chinchindo Road, um, Kamanga where we are also on Facebook, we're on Instagram. Uh, website is not working at the moment, but you can find us on Facebook and we actually have our phone number straight to the shop that we can just WhatsApp and ask questions. We are pretty quick with response, I think. Mm-hmm. And they're not Indians. You can buy with a card. Yes, we're not Indians. Eh? We are running a business. <laughs> we are running a business. We are not scared of that percentage for the card. <laughs> you can buy with cash. You can buy with cards. You can pay with Airtel money. You can pay with e-wallets. Mm-hmm. and you can come and if you have a function tomorrow you don't have a dress pop into the shop you'll find something that will fit you yeah straight from the rack <laughs> ah this has been so good okay <laughs> you and me we can talk forever so we shall end here <laughs> but I feel like we still need to have a lot of conversations first of all we need to talk about like Online dating, there's just lots of craziness. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, this single life that we, you know, that's out here. We've got conversations, my friend. And you'd have to come back. <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> we'll come back. <laughs> so this was awesome. This was like an amazing yeah, masterclass. I've so much. I didn't even notice, eh? We just kept going. <laughs> 
Yeah. Okay. Bye, darling. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Wow. I mean, I was sitting there listening to her and I just kept thinking, wow. She tells her story so effortlessly. So let's just dissect a little bit of it here, right? So the first thing, financial discipline. When she was selling her products at the craft markets, and she was a student, guys, her foresight and wisdom to save her money was genius. Right now, we have students the same age who would have patted and pate, pate, after pate, eh? And they're, you know, all their money is finished. And then they will sit back and say, eh, I don't have capital to start a business, government, come save me. Oh, oh, oh. Just like that. Huh? When really, everything is at your disposal. Go out and do the work. Number two, market research. She listened and understood what her customer wanted. Instead of making assumptions, she actually took the products and said, listen, what do you think about this? And got the feedback. Just because you think you have an amazing idea does not mean you can force it down people's throats. You have to get the feedback and adapt. Number three, my personal favorite is black sex. Yay, come on now. How a woman so young can be assertive and stand up to her family by laying down the law, or in other words, asserting a boundary that she would not pay black tax until she had the capacity to do so. Hmm. Think about that one. Sis, this conversation is a true masterclass. I hope you can come back to it and share it with up-and-coming young people who need encouragement. Please do find Donna and, you know, check out Kamanga Wear on social media. And you'll find her at Donna Mashanga and at Kamanga Wear. Tell her you heard her on the Africana Woman podcast and give her her roses today. Thank you, dear listener, for making us part of your day by listening in. I truly appreciate you. Don't forget, the Africana Woman website is launching on Monday, 14th June. Hey, hey, hey. So if you're listening to this after the day, don't worry. Come on over. Come on over. (laughs) We want you to come and check it out. Surprise, surprise. It's called (laughs) AfricanaWoman.com. It's so easy to find. Okay, so please help us to also get the word out about the Africana Woman podcast. Around the time you're listening to this, we're just shy of 2,000 downloads. Listen, me, I celebrate everything. I celebrate the little wins. I know people are like, hey, me, I got 100,000. Hey, me, I got 2,000, almost. Well, I'm trying to get to 2,000, guys. So help me get there. (laughs) So spread the word about the Africana Woman podcast. All you have to do, is take a screenshot of this episode and post it on your social media stories. Don't forget to tag me at Chulu by Design or at Chulu at Africana Woman. I love to see your feedback. I love to see when people are like, you know, they post and they tag us and it's like, ah, oh, it's 
somebody's listening <laughs> you can also rate and review the show on apple Podcasts, and that really really helps with exposing more african women to the podcast and letting them know that this is out there now you know my playground is instagram if you want to chat with me personally drop me a line over there so until next week i want you to remember know your roots grow your purpose this has been a production of ulendo creative media you can find out more about their services on www.ulendocreative.com